You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Chapel. We are so excited that you decided to join us today from your home. Grab a cup of coffee, have a seat, and let's worship. There's no space that is love can reach. There's no place where we can't find peace. There's no end to amazing grace. Take me in with your arms spread wide. Take me in like an orphan child. Never let go, never leave my side. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on. I am. Love like this, so oh my God, to find. I am overwhelmed with joy divine. Love like sets our hearts on fire. I am holding on to you. I am holding on to you. In the middle of the storm, I am holding on. I I'm holding on, I am. 
This is my resurrection song. This is my hallelujah come. This is why it's to you I run. This is my resurrection song. This is my hallelujah come. This is why it's to you I run. There's no space that his love can't reach. There's no
just want to sit here at your feet. I'm caught up in this holy moment. I never want to just want you nothing else nothing else nothing else will do I just want you oh nothing else nothing else nothing else will do I just want
uh, defining moments, we still find that we have a God-given destiny. And that God-given destiny is given to us uh, to fulfill, and we have to push through the fears that try to attach themselves to us. We've, we've seen that from the life of Esther. We see from the life of Esther that she had those defining moments that, uh, that, that make, uh, make us or break us. And in this, uh, we find that our, that our God-given destiny is, is manifesting the glory of God uh, and making people better wherever we are at. Wherever we're planted is making people better. So your, your God-given destiny is not where you work. It's not the title you have. Uh, it's actually being used by God in whatever situation or circumstance that you're living in. So today, we're going to move into finding success God's way. How do we, how do we as God's people find success in whatever situation that we're faced with? We see this in the life of Esther. We see that Esther found success no matter what was coming her way. And I don't know about you, but I think that anyone that's normal, I don't think any of us are normal, by the way, but any of us that say that we're normal, all of us want success. I have always aspired to be a successful dad. I want to have uh, success as I raised my kids. Uh, when I gave my life to the Lord, that even increased. Uh, what, I wanted to be a successful husband, and to this day, I, I want to continue to strive to be a successful husband. I want to be a very successful grandfather. I want for, when I walk into to my kids' homes and my grandkids are there, I want them to run and say, Grandpa's here, Grandpa's here, all excited to see me. I don't know about you, but that's success as, as I look at it. And I, I, I want to be a successful pastor. I want to lead people God's way. And even as we move and navigate in this time, I want success coming back together. I want for God to do greater things than we've ever seen before. And I believe that the God that we serve is a successful Savior. He doesn't make mistakes. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't wail or, or uh, slumber when, when things get bad. He pushes through because he's God Almighty. And if God's on our side, we don't have to worry about what we're going through. We're going to push through. We're going to get through whatever we're going through. And, and, and God wants you to know, I, I believe he's got a word for us today. Just like I believe he's had a word for us throughout this whole series. That you were born for such a time as this. And there's nothing that you will face. If you face it with Jesus Christ in your side and walking with you, that you will not be able to overcome. We can overcome all things through God who gives us the strength that we need. So I want us to look at two necessary steps for success God's way. And the first thing that I see in the, in the story of Esther, as we're, we're bringing it to a close, and, and my prayer is that you have done your homework and you've been reading through the, the whole book of Esther. There's so many things to, to extract and, and look at the context. I've been pulling out passages to help us in these three weeks. Uh, but the first thing that I see about having success God's way is that we have to make sure that our ladder to success is leaning up against the right wall. You see, Esther, as she climbed this ladder of success, and she didn't even maybe aspire to be climbing a ladder of success, but where God had placed her and, and brought Mordecai alongside, she was climbing every step, and she was on the right wall, or you could even say on the right building. 
And it was founded, every step was founded on God's purposes. In other words, Esther's life was founded on making people better. And we're going to see that there's a difference between Haman's life and Esther's life. There's a difference between Haman's choices and Mordecai's choices. And, and I believe that this, this pandemic has made us pause to see what are our choices bringing into our life. Are they distributing peace? Are they bringing a, a, a passion and a zeal for God? Or are we entangled with materialistic things? Are we entangled with the things that are temporary, the things that don't ever bring any lasting fulfillment? We've all been forced to stop. We've all been forced to pause and to really look at life from, from God's perspective. Look at life at, for what it really is, that, that life, the important things that are eternal, are so much different than the things that are temporary. And the temporary things bring a very short-term fulfillment but the eternal things bring a lifetime of fulfillment and an eternity of fulfillment. And those are the things that money can't buy. So we, we go to chapter 7 of Esther. And uh, Esther had, had made a dinner for, uh, for the king. Remember last week we talked about Mordecai had said Haman has an evil plan. And his plan is to destroy the Jews. So not only did Haman hate Mordecai, but he hated him so much he wanted to destroy his people. And I talked about that last week, that there's Hamans in our life that they hate us so much, they don't want to stop at just destroying us. They want to destroy our families. They want to destroy our people. The devil wants to destroy our churches. But here's the beautiful thing. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the gates of the devil are not going to destroy what he's going to build. So we can be assured of that. Okay, so, so we come to this place in this context where uh, Esther had built up the courage. She'd gone before the king, and, and, and the king said, Esther, what do you need? Whatever you have, up to half the kingdom, I will give you. What is your request and what is your petition? And I will give you everything that you need. And in this time, Haman had, had uh, developed this plan to destroy Mordecai, and she, he had set up this hanging place. This pole where he was going to, to, to kill Mordecai. But God always has the last word. Uh, the king could not sleep. And he said, bring me my journal. Bring me my chronicles. And they brought him his chronicles. And in these chronicles, he, he remembered that this man Mordecai had saved his life. And so in this, he says, Mordecai saved my life. we got to do something for him. So he called for his eunuchs. To come and, and, and to bring the officials that were in the courtyard. Well, guess who's in the courtyard? Haman. And Haman is developing this plan to destroy Mordecai. And he brings Haman. He says, Haman, what should I do to the person that's done all these wonderful things for me? And what should I do to really uh, show him that I am thankful for him? And, and Haman thinks to himself, and I'm paraphrasing here, Haman thinks to himself, he's talking about me. He says, well, you should put a royal robe on him, you should address him, you should let him ride on your horse and your, your, uh, your mule or whatever it was, whatever they rode in those days. And he said, you ride and you celebrate what he's done. And, he, and, and so uh, the, the king says, that's a wonderful idea, that's exactly what we're going to do. And so he said, go and do this for Mordecai. And Haman goes, what? 
Mordecai! And so he did. And he went and he did this for Mordecai. And so God was speaking to Mordecai and to Esther and says, I have your back. Here's, here's what I take from this before I read the, the scripture text. God has my back. God loves me. He loves you. He loves every follower of Jesus Christ. And he's going to be with you every step of the way. Now we come to the place where Esther, Esther is prepared this meal. And the king says again, Esther, what is your petition and what is your request? And we come to this text right here in verse 3, chapter 7, up to verse 6. Queen Esther answered, if I have found favor with you, your majesty. You know, I think maybe Shauna should learn this from, from uh, the, the Bible. That when the queen goes before the king, she says, your majesty. Just kidding. Just kidding. He says, if I have found favor with you, your majesty, and if it pleases you, grant me my life. That is my petition. And spare my people this is my request. For I and my people have been sold to be destroyed, killed, and annihilated. If we had merely been sold as male and female slaves, I would have kept quiet. Because no such distress would, would justi justify disturbing the king. I want to pause right there. This is important. I want to pause because... Esther saying, you know what, if, 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 if I was just go, going to be sold into slavery, and my people have been sold into slavery, we've been there before. And I'm okay with that. This is a very humble vessel. But she says, but that's not what Haman wants to do. He wants to destroy, kill, and wipe us out, annihilate us. Now she goes on. King Xerxes asked Queen Esther, who is he? And where is he, the man who has dared to do such a thing? And Esther said, an adversary and enemy, this vile Haman has done this. I just love, I just love how Esther said, grant my life, but spare my people. Her ladder to success had the welfare of others involved. Her ladder to success had the security of others in her mind. That speaks to us, beloved. In, in this pandemic that we're in, are we saying, save, our, save myself, save me, I don't care about anyone else, or are we saying, save me and make a difference in the people around me? Save me. Heal me so that I can make a difference to my communities, so I can make a difference to my state, and so I can make a difference to my country, and so that I can make a difference in my world. That's why that prayer and blessing is going to be so huge. Because I believe God's going to show up. I believe God's going to do things that only God can do. Esther's success was the success of her countrymen. And that's how God operates. Individual success always looks at the interest of others. That's how God operates. We give to those who are needy, trusting God to provide for every need. The, the, the Apostle Paul put it like this. He said, 
this same God who takes care of me will supply all the needs or all of your needs from His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ. You see, when God blesses me, it's not for me. It's always for others. And Esther understood that. Jesus is our example. Jesus is the example of the ladder of success to him was to be a ransom for many so that everyone that would come to Jesus Christ would be saved. Do you see how important that is? Haman, Haman had a whole different example for us. In fact, uh, he's an example of a person climbing the ladder to success at any cost. And it cost him his life. When, when the ladder of success is leaning against the wrong building, that's a good way to say it, or the wrong wall, uh, you're doing things for the wrong intentions. Let me tell you why, why Haman was so upset at Mordecai. Because the king had given him supreme authority. He was second in the land in, 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 in authority. And every person bowed to him except for Mordecai. Mordecai bowed to God. But he respected and he honored people. And it helps me to understand that, that sometimes when, when we want people to bow down to us, when, when we, we want to move up the ladder of success at any cost, no matter who we destroy, no matter who we hurt, no matter who we step on in the process, as we drive down this, this journey, this path, trying to move into, have success in this life, you'll run over anyone that gets in your way. That's the exact example that Haman shows us. You see, Haman's way is not God's way. And I have to believe that God is speaking to us in this day and he's saying, if you're headed the wrong way, if your intentions are all about you and your success, you need to get off of that path and get on the right path with God. I love the way that uh, the, the writer of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, put it. He said, there's a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. In the end, it leads to destruction. Marriages are destroyed because people are climbing up the ladder on the wrong wall. Relationships are destroyed because people are climbing up the ladder of success and is leaning up against the wrong wall. Countries can be destroyed if our ladder of success is leaning up against the wrong wall. When it's all about us and it's not about others, our ladder to success is leaning up against the wrong wall. And so it makes us really take a step back. It, it makes us think about what are we doing? And, and, and what's important to me in my life? If there's something that, is, that has been very strong and prominent in my, in my thinking, in my meditation, in this time, it's what are the things that are really important in my life? What wall is my ladder leaning on? And it brings us to point number two. 
And point number two is when you lead, lead God's way. There's two ways to lead. You're either going to lead with God's perspective, you're going to lead the way the world leads. And they're upside down. They're in two different spectrums. I'm going to say something that's so important to you that my prayer is that you'll grab a hold of it. First for Mordecai and Esther, and then for us. You see, Mordecai and Esther, they led the Jewish people through the biggest crisis of their generation. It was life or death for that whole lineage, for that whole race. And they were either going to lead God's way or they were going to lead their way. Think about it. Esther had not told the king she was Jewish. She could have very easily said, save me, and destroyed everyone else. Who's going to say that she's Jewish anyways? They would have all been destroyed. But Mordecai said, if you don't do it, Esther, God will send help from somewhere else. And I want you to grab a hold of this. We, right now, are leading our families. We're leading our country. We're leading our churches through the biggest crisis in our generation. I have never been a part of communities shutting down. I have never been a part of, 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 uh, of uh, people not being able to go, go to work. I have never been a part of, of uh, uh, people having to, to uh, isolate themselves. That's a crisis that we're in. And we're either going to lead people through God's perspective or we're going to lead people through man's. Here's what, here's what the scripture says in, in, in Esther. In Esther chapter 8, verse 7 and 8, it says, King Xerxes replied to Queen Esther and Mordecai the Jew. After he found out that it was Haman, he said, Because Haman attacked the Jews, I have given his estate to Esther. And they have impaled him on the pole that he set up. Now, now, now this is awesome. Now write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews, not in behalf of Haman, because Haman was destroyed in his own plot. The way that he wanted to destroy people, God turned it around and he was destroyed in that. That helps me to understand perspective in life. Okay? He says, now write another decree in the king's name in behalf of the Jews as seems best to you. They had the pen. They had the paper, the parchment, whatever they were going to write on, and they could write whatever they could to move forward in their life. And then he says, and seal it with the king's signet ring. Remember I talked about that last week? How Haman had the signet ring of the, of the king, and whatever he stamped had the authority of the king. Now the tides are turned. The page is another page. And Mordecai and Esther are writing the script for the Jewish people. It's beautiful. For no document written in the king's name and sealed with his ring can be revoked. Notice what Haman's leadership got him. God was going to enable Mordecai and Esther to rewrite all that the enemy 
was using to destroy their people. Grab a hold of this. Maybe God has had us pause so that we can turn from those those ways, so we can get off the ladder that's on the wrong wall and put the ladder on the right wall so that we can begin to rewrite the things that are destroying our lives. Here's the beautiful thing. With God, there's second chances. With God, there's third chances. With God, there's fourth chances. With Jesus, as long as you have breath, you can say, Lord, I need you. I've been doing it the wrong way. I've been leading the wrong way. You see, his word teaches me so much about, about leading. Uh, every person, I, here, here's what I know for sure. Every person is leading someone, whether you're leading them verbally or non-verbally. Whether you're a vocal leader or a non-vocal leader, you're leading someone. Mom, you're leading your children. Dad, you're leading your children. Dad, you're, you're, you're leading your household. The Bible teaches us how to lead. The Bible says, fathers, do not exasperate your children, but lead them in the instruction and in the word of God. I, I really believe that, uh, that right now, that right now God is allowing us to train our children because we have to spend time with our children. And if your ladder to success is letting your children play their play games all day and all night and let that raise them, the ladder to success in parenting is on the wrong wall. If, if, you're, if you're spending time with your husband and your wife and you guys don't have any communication, your ladder is leaning against the wrong wall. Husbands, Love your wives, just as Christ loved the church. Wives, respect your husbands. You're having a lot of time to learn how to respect, and you're having a lot of time to learn how to love. If you're young, if you're a young person, you think, well, God doesn't speak to me. Of course He does. You're leading people. The Apostle Paul told Timothy, he said, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way that you live, in your love, in your faith, and in your purity. Young people, you make a difference in your world. Husbands, you make a difference in your wives. Wives, you make a difference in your husband. You lead. You're leading people. People are watching you. We minister to a lot of people. If you're a believer, if you're a follower of Christ, you're ministering to people. The writer of Hebrews put it like this. He said, remember your leaders. Remember your leaders. They're leading. Who spoke the word of God to you. Consider their outcome of, of, of their way of life and imitate their faith. In other words, their faith is lived out. Lord God, that, that my faith will be lived out, that, that my faith will be more than words, that my faith will be more than just reading scripture, but actually living the scripture so that we can walk in your, in your, in your path and in your ways and lead in a way that brings glory to you. I think, I think this pandemic, I think this pandemic 
Though God doesn't destroy people, that's not the way that he operates. God saves people. He restores people. I think this pandemic is, is being used for us to stop and think about what's important in our life. I mean, if you're parenting right now, I mean, God wants for you to know that you're leading your children. If you're working in, in some organization, you're leading people. And you're either going to lead them away from God or you're going to lead them to God. If you're a dad or a mom or a grandpa or a grandmother, you're leading people. And here's what I know for sure. That you will never know how to lead God's way without saying yes to Jesus. I didn't know how to lead my family for the first six years of my marriage. I didn't know how to love my wife because I didn't have God. It wasn't until I said yes to Jesus that my whole life changed. My whole perspective changed. My, the way that I, that, that, that I lead now, uh, 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 I'm, I, am so, I am so glad of the restoration that God has done. I mean, he's not done. But I also understand the responsibility that, that, that I'm called to lead. And I can't shy away from that. I can't run away from that. And so maybe you're here today and, and, and maybe this message is speaking into your, into your, into your life. And maybe your, your heart is being stirred. I want to invite you to say yes to Jesus. Because you cannot do it without him. I spoke to a couple uh, over the phone just this week, and 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 uh, he's a you know it's a blended family, and, and they're talking about you know navigating through the difficulty of raising uh, a blended family, and we, we we were able to pour into them, my wife and I, on on how with Jesus as a foundation you're able to overcome the obstacles that you face, but it's got to be with Jesus in your life. I spoke to another uh, this another. Uh, single parent that's raising up his daughter and he's navigating through difficult times and, and, and what we know for sure is that with Jesus you're able to navigate through the difficult things of life you can lead God's way but you've got to say yes to Jesus and I want to lead you in a prayer to invite Jesus Christ as your Savior and I believe that there are, there are going to be a lot of people that will say yes to Jesus today. I believe this message is spoken into your life and spoken to your heart. But you've got to go through the ABCs, the ABCs of your faith, of, of that step, that threshold. The A is admit that you're a sinner. You see, I had to admit that I was going the wrong way. And I had to get off of that path and get on the path with Jesus Christ. And that's what the B stands for. The B stands for believe in Jesus. I trusted everything else. Can, can you trust the stock market? Uh, apparently, it's not very faithful. Can you trust your job right now? Apparently, it's, a lot of people have been laid off. And we're praying for the, you've been if you've been laid off. We're praying. But your jobs aren't secure. If you're trusting in, 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 in things in this world, they're temporary. And the seas confess. Confess Jesus as your Lord and follow him from this day forward. 
You see, I had to confess. I, I confessed. I confessed 34 years ago. It'll be 35 years in October. I, in front of a lot of people, I confessed that I was going to be married to my wife Shauna. I said I do. Confess with my mouth. I did a. I did a great, great uh, uh, step. I made a big step, and it's been done for going on 35 years. And that's the second greatest confession I've made in front of people and in front of God. The first most important confession I ever made was almost 27 years ago when I confessed Jesus as my Lord. And that confession has established me in my faith. Now God wants to establish you in your faith as you ask him to come into your life today. So I want to lead you in a prayer to say yes to Jesus. It's the greatest confession that you could ever make. Um, it's a confession that's recognized here on earth and is recognized in heaven. Uh, just join me if this is you. Just pray this. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Today I'm saying yes to Jesus. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus died for all of my sins and he rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. I confess him as my Lord and Savior and I choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you pray that prayer, it's the greatest decision you could have ever made. Uh, I'm rejoicing with you. I'm excited for what you've done. But more than that, the angels in heaven are rejoicing in this great decision that you made. You need to know that God loves you. He cares about you so intently and greatly. And, and the peace that surpasses all understanding is for you today. From this day forward, you can walk in the peace of God. And you can walk in all the attributes that he has for you. Uh, I would love for you to, to let us know. Maybe uh, you could put uh, up the, your praise hands, the emoji praise hands. Put it up on the comments, and that way we could recognize that you said yes. Or maybe, maybe you can just comment below, I said yes to Jesus today. If you've done that, uh, we are just so excited. We want to be a church that comes alongside on your journey of faith. We want to encourage you, to strengthen you. We will never judge you. Uh, someone will follow up with you, not to bug you, but to, to just help you along your next step of faith. And, and know this, that, that God loves you. He cares greatly about you. Uh, also, join us for our special communion service on Wednesday. Uh, it's going to be a special time, and, and as well as our prayer and blessing on Friday at the Oracle campus and Saturday at the Kearney campus. And we're just believing that God is going to show up and he's going to do great things. Um, let me leave you with this. Why don't you discuss, take a time to discuss, uh, what wall is your ladder of success leaning on today? And if you've said yes to Jesus, discuss about how God is going to take you on your new journey of faith. God bless you. God loves you. And so do we.
This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.